0: Good day, good day, good day everyone. It's Peter Dunn, Pete the Planner host of the Pete the Planner show and yeah, I nailed the intro this week. Sort of been a good week. Joining me as often, not always, I mean sometimes he's like, oh, I'm gonna go be with my family in a locale that's not northern Indiana. It's Damian Dunn, hello Dame. Hello Pete. Just described a vacation in the oh. simplest of terms.
1: Oh. How you doing? I'm doing very well. Not as good as I'd be if you had a big old can of Miguel sitting in front of you, but I'm all right.
0: I still have hot coffee from my uh, my home this morning, so it's a I think it's like bourbon chocolate coffee. But there's it's flavor. There's no actual bourbon and or chocolate in the coffee. It's okay. You need to fix it. I know. I believe me. The post work cocktail while working more at home this week became a norm hello everybody welcome to the show dame lots to cover this week uh we're gonna what are we talking about we're talking about etf tax mm-hmm. implications mm-hmm. hello lil spence 49 that's i'd be like a rap name like uh like ted wants to be like his rap name have i told you ted's rap name uh, you have but I, there's no way i could remember that 89 diamonds 89 diamonds is ted's rap name uh my son ted I don't know why. One day he just he was rapping, and I was like, "What do you do?" And he's like, "I'm 89 diamonds." And I was like, "This is peculiar." Uh, Lil Spence 49 is also a good
1: rap name. Mine's just beat the planner. What would yours be, Little Dame? Uh, let's leave that up to the, uh, the the people in the comments. They can they can come up with a rap name for me. All
0: right, fair enough.
1: Um, good day to the Dons. Hello, hello. All right,
0: Dame. Um, let's get after it here. Why wow, are the comments? I can't see them. What's going on here? You can't. I can, but I can't. Something weird's happening. Hmm. Oh, there we go. LOL is what I missed. Well, I'm glad I saw that. Okay, so I'm back. Dame, are you ready to start the show? It turns out I've got a lot of things to do after the show, and
1: I can't hmm. stick around and just with this tomfoolery. Well, let's make sure that you uh, continue your momentum and, and get out of here as soon as possible. I I do
0: not have time to mess with
1: you today, of all people.
0: I know uh let's see okay Um, pulling up the clock people love this um do, 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 do. podcast is like oh i'm switching to joe rogan okay here we go and <laughs> uh oh someone's mad someone's mad what mary lou gave us the angry face what? why are we getting the angry face mary lou oh no what's happened what did we do I, she'll dame, tell us did, later did you do something dame probably Okay, I assumed I assumed that was the case. Yeah. Uh, oh, little Spence forty nine says, "says I am a twin. However, my brother's bigger than I am, so uh, he was a little when he was born. There's Big Spence and Little Spence.
1: I don't think they have the same name. I don't. Well, their last name's
0: probably Spencer. I guess it could be. Like I'm I'm little Peter. You know. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I do. I know. Let's exactly start the show in three, two, one. This week on the Pete the Planner show, we answer your money questions. Here's how the show works. You email us at Pete the dot com. That's at petetheplanner.com. That's Pete at petetheplanner.com. And here's how the show works beyond that. We may answer your question. We may just act like, like, act like we didn't get the question out of passive aggressiveness. Joining me as always is Damian Dunn, Vice President of Advice at your Money Line. And hey, Money. Hello, Dame. Hello, Pete. How was your week? It was great. How was your week? good filled with coffee and other liquids oh (laughs) i don't know what that means dame we did get some questions this week uh one of them revolved around etfs and the tax implications of etfs interesting question uh you know you and i've been in the financial business for a long time and sometimes people ask a question it's not a bad question it's more of like I just hadn't thought of it because I, I either know something or I take for granted that I already knew that. But this is one of those questions I was like, ah, I haven't been asked this in a while. So let's explain that. Hi, Pete. Thank you for your show. You are the most entertaining financial leader that I know. Clearly, this person doesn't have a huge circle of influence within the financial world. I have probably a dumb question about taxable accounts. It's it's oddly not a dumb question at all. Nope. It's an incredibly smart question. If I own 500 shares of a single ETF, for example, how many times do I pay taxes on this? Do I owe annual capital gains tax if I never sell or change the shares in any way? Do I only owe long-term capital gains if I sell the ETF shares or withdraw from the account in the future? I guess what I'm asking is, if I invest in an ETF, say the VTI, for example, never touch the investment until I retire, when and how often will I owe taxes on this passive investment? Please and thank you, uh, Diane. Uh Diana. Never do that where someone has a name like Diana, and you call them Diane, or there's like Christine, and you're like Christine, and, and you just embarrass yourself all the time.
1: I got to be honest i am um really quick to assign nicknames to people off of their their real just shorten it or, or yeah. some and i never ask if i can do that and i've probably gotten in trouble uh, a few times for, yeah that's big that. white guy energy coming in and just being like i'm gonna
0: call you flounder you know it's like well my name's carol well, it's like quiet flounder all right um <laughs> w- w- so w- where do we begin with this like is, is, is this? there's a difference between a qualified investment and a non-qualified investment. So, Dame, let's
1: start there. Sure. Qualified investment is going to mean that it is tax advantaged in some way. So 401k, 403b, IRA, Roth IRA, you're not paying annual taxes on those investments as you uh, hold them over the, the, the course of your, your lifetime. When you take them out, that's when you'll pay the tax ban on those things. Non-qualified investments, however do have the possibility of kicking off um, interest, dividends, even capital gains that may become taxable on an annual basis. So when you're a non-qualified account, you have to be a, a very conscious of the investment that you're buying because you may end up with a tax bill throughout the, the course of the year. Those are um, typically, typically happen in um, individual stocks, mutual funds. ETFs are a little bit different animal though. Uh, ETFs and mutual funds differ slightly, even though they all hold uh, various investments inside of them. But as I said, they they are managed slightly differently. Mutual funds are typically actively managed. That means there's a a group of managers that are deciding what they want to hold inside of those investments. Uh, They sell uh, investments, sell individual companies or bonds, buy new ones, and they create gains or losses when they do that. And that's called turnover, by the way. And
0: so sometimes those gains or losses are dictated by the percentage of turnover within the portfolio. You can look on Mm -hmm. just about any investment site. If you pull up a – like I'll pull up like American Funds Growth Fund of America, one of the classics, right? One of the largest mutual funds in the world. I'm going to pull that up. As you're talking here, Dame, I can remember the ticker. Oh, I just missed it. It's AG –
1: X I'll find it. Uh, anyway, I'll, I'll I'll give you the uh, turnover on that. Keep going. Sure. I'm sorry to interrupt. Uh, ETFs, however, are typically managed off of an index to mirror some index. So unless there's some major change in the index that it's tracking, there's not that likelihood of having gains throughout the year because you're not buying and selling individual investments inside of that. So does that mean you won't pay taxes on, uh, on an ETF? Well, Maybe, maybe not. There still could be those capital gains, although probably not as frequently as a mutual fund, but you could still have interest and dividends. Um, Those are the ones that you have to pay attention to. So you could end up having to pay uh, taxes, although probably not very much on an annual basis, but then have to worry about the bigger tax bill when you make a transaction of a, a sell down the road.
0: I looked up American Growth Fund uh, uh, in a w- American Funds Growth Fund. It's a, it was seven percent portfolio tor- turnover, which is really low. And then I looked up Fidelity Magellan, which is another mm-hmm. classic mutual fund. It's at forty two percent. Sometimes the the you know uh, growth fund and Magellan are some pretty broad categories there. But if you get in like small cap funds and things like that, you, you're going to get a or international funds. You get some major turnover in there, which then creates those tax burdens you're talking about.
1: Yeah, and if, uh, if you have uh, some investments in a qualified account and some in a non-qualified account, sometimes your financial advisor, if you're working with one, may talk about location of investments to make sure that things that have uh, higher turnover or kick off higher dividends uh, may get put into a, a qualified account so you uh, you're not faced with the tax bill until much later down the road on those things. So pay attention to what you are investing in and what type of account you're using to invest in those, and and you may end up saving yourself some dollars. So do we feel like we've answered Diana's question? I do. I think we've done a a very thorough job, actually.
0: So here's where I want to go with this, though. I, I think this also goes to explain, you know, reinforce the idea of what is triple tax advantage. You know, what are the different ways that you can have tax advantage on investment? I think this also begs the question, like, how does an annuity come into all of this? I, I think it's really interesting because if you think about from an ongoing basis, your capital gains are either taxed or they are deferred, right? They either taxed in a given tax year or they deferred. And so uh, taxed is just a non-retirement portfolio. However, there are other things that have triple tax advantage or a degree of that that deferral, like uh an HSA, mm-hmm. you put money into a health savings account. You get to deduct that contribution off of your taxable income. You then get to defer the taxes on the growth uh, as it as it grows the underlying investments. And then when you take money out for qualified reasons, for appropriate reasons, you don't pay tax on it. There, you know, Dame. Sometimes you see financial um, professionals suggest people take. Non-qualified money, like Dan, Diana's talking about here, in order to create some tax sensitivity around it, they put it into an annuity, which is an insurance product, uh, which then, at that point in time, re-enters into a period of tax deferral.
1: I, I, I'm curious on your thoughts on that. Uh, there's all sorts of ways to go about trying to avoid the um, the taxes that are going to come due, and sometimes it's it's very dependent on the situation that you're facing as the individual or what the goals are for that money, uh, the uses as well. So, uh, is it reasonable to to do things like that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but the taxes are going to come due eventually. Uh, you're you're going to end up making uh, that that check to the the government. Unless you move on to post retirement, then somebody else worries about it.
0: Dame, here's what we're going to do. This show is going to get interesting. And people are like, oh, good, finally. Here's what we're doing. After the break, I had had this mental breakthrough this week when I started to think about how financial stress impacts us and how it can be an amazing motivator and guide until it's not. Then it becomes worthless. And you have to find something else to guide you. We're going to talk about that not only the next segment, But theoretically, the next segment as well, we're also going to touch on the uh, record growth in the economy, 6.9% growth in 2021. We will talk about that all next, right here on the Pete the Planner Show. I'm Pete the Planner. Could you tell that was just a big wind up so I could hit the post? Yes. Okay. (laughs) Uh, By the way, Mary Lou says uh, it was an accident. You were perfect this week. Seems like a little... She might be overselling a little bit. Danza, hello, Danza. Good to be with you. Um, all right, Dame. Uh, someone on Twitter hit me up last night and said they appreciated the uh, Premier League ref- or the Champions League reference on the uh, show last week. A little soccer action there. You ever notice, Dame, Jeremy, uh, you know, arguably going to be – did we ever name Listener of the Year in 2021? We did not. <sighs> I, I It's got to be Jeremy. <laughs> I mean, I mean, with all due respect, it's got to be Jeremy. Because not only did Jeremy start watching us on YouTube this morning, but somehow switched to Facebook as the okay. a, a comments are coming through. Wow. I mean, that's okay. that's dedication. All right. Uh, oh, Rick. You know, Rick. R- Rick's making a run for 2022 uh, person of the year. Hello, Rick. Okay, Dame, are you ready for this super heady financial concept that you're just going to shake your head at in – Awe and in, in possibly disagreement? Well, we can only hope. Okay. That's how the show gets good. Um, let's do it because um, yeah, I've got a lot to do after the show. So much. People are throwing out Dame's rapper names. Uh, Day Money. Ooh-hoo-hoo. Someone else said Mr. Clean earlier. Jeremy. <laughs> Day Money, Brittany. That's a good one. I like that. Uh, Dame Diddy. It could be Dame Dalla, but that is Dame Lillard's. Uh, nickname. I'm not encroaching, not encroaching on that territory. Every time Ted hits a shot in his youth basketball game, he'll he'll hit his like wrist area, and and he'll because Dame Lillard will hit a three on for the Portland Trailblazers, and then he'll say it's Dame time. Yeah. But he hits the three. But when Ted will hit a shot, he'll run down the court just like <laughs> tap his wrist because <laughs> he thinks it's cool. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I, I watched Ted and I, I'm sure you do with this with your TD as well. And like, now that they're like, a, you know, they're, they're the middle of elementary school, right? Sort of late uh, middle of elementary school. And you, and you can remember yourself when you were their age and you remember feeling cool. And like this whole world's around you. And then I look at Ted and I can see him in his own world, like giving himself
1: the Dame time, you know? Oh yeah. I, just had a very similar thought when driving by like old little league fields and thinking about how big I I thought those were when I was a little kid and uh, you drive by now and you realize how small they really are. I
0: Every once in a while I'll drive through my childhood house, drive by my childhood house which is in Claremont Indiana uh, and it looks so small. Yeah. I mean, so it, it looks like uh they built it within the convention center for the home show. Uh, but it, it's not. It is like a beautiful house, but it looks so small. I just remember it feeling like a palace. Yeah.
1: Yeah, same.
0: Oh, Jeremy, may maybe Jeremy you're just locked up listener of the year with you your
1: have, new rap name. You, you don't have to say that one to the podcast.
0: <laughs> to be fair, though, you could physically protect your family and I cannot protect mine. Yeah. Krav That's amazing. I'm going to be I... laughing for a day and a half on that one. <laughs> okay. Are we ready? Sure. Uh, three, two, one. one. Back on the Pete the Planner show. Dame, um, I had this uh, thought occur to me this week and I, I want to share it with you. Feel free to beat it up. I think it's a reasonable thing to discuss and it has to do with what your primary motivation is at any given time when it relates to money. So will you indulge uh, me and my thoughts for a few moments? Please expound. Okay. So you and I do actually spend a lot of time, oddly personally and professionally, talking about that there are three groups of people in America today from a financial perspective. There are people who are really struggling. There are people who are not struggling, but they're also not really stable. Mm-hmm. And then there's people who are stable, right? Those are the three groups. We, we deal with them all the time. It, it is our professional life to not only acknowledge those groups, Dane, but to to treat them differently, right? Maybe respectfully differently, because they they require different medicine, you know? Yeah. So here is the thought. I started thinking about, well, what motivates these three groups to either take action or what what leads to mistakes because of this level of motivation? And here's what here's what bubbled up in me this week. Number one, if you're struggling, and, and what I encourage everyone to do here for a moment is not just say, oh, well, I'm not struggling. I'm not going to listen. Here's what I'd like you to do. Think of a time. Dan, I want you to think of a time in which there was some financial struggle in your life. I mean, it can be something as simple for a lot of people as, the, the next payday's not coming soon enough. you're running a little low on the coin uh, in the account, which can happen from time to time. Uh, all right, so, Dame, you got do you, you have a period of your life in your head as it relates to financial struggle? I think so. All right, I've got one too. everyone else. okay, good. Now, what likely motivated you to take action, to act in any particular way was stress, right? The stress of the moment. Is, is the main feeling you had, right? It was, it's, you know, you're laying in bed at night, you're stressed about money and what you do next, the next morning, the next day, how you cope with that stress, how do you solve the underlying issues which leading to the stress? Uh, that is your motivation, right? Yeah. And, and sometimes that's good. And, and I would actually note it often is good for a while right cuz it, it it it's action it's it's like this animal instinct of survival there's stress i got to solve it i got to do something now even if you make the right decision under stress stress can't consistently be the optimal motivator for you because it's just too much to bear, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it, it's like athletes that play with a chip on their shoulder. You know, it's the the person that tells themselves a story that this team didn't draft me, and so I'm going to be angry for the rest of my career. Some people are able to pull that off, but the vast majority of people that try to act like that's their motivator, it sort of falls apart at some point, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. so. So then it progresses to a person who is no longer – completely unstable. This person is, has some stability and they're not necessarily struggling. So at at this moment, when things are not ideal and they're not awful, reality is what should be the guide. Right, it's like you're supposed to see the scenario and take action based on the information in front of you. But what every single one of us know from a behavior standpoint is that on a daily basis we process information, we synthesize it, and we still make a decision that goes against our best interest. We all do that. Shall I make myself another Boulevardier uh, as I go over this spreadsheet? You know, like like decisions that obviously don't make sense. We have all the information, but we do it anyway. Yes. Okay. So so it should be reality. And I think this is where this is why you and I as a as an organization, our organization, spend so much time dealing with people who aren't necessarily struggling but aren't necessarily stable. And it's because there's so much chaos because people tend to be motivated inappropriately by opportunity as opposed to reality. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah. So here's here, here's here's proof of that. Let's say there's a listener right now who has not a full emergency fund. Okay. like, a, like a, They don't have three months. They don't have two. And let's say they're not putting the right amount into their retirement plan. They're 24 years old. They're not putting away 12% annually. Combined with their employer, they're putting in 7% annually. And let's say that their housing expense is a little more than it should be. And let's say they got a couple thousand dollars in credit card debt. So, Dame, I've just painted a picture, you know, our, our scoring metrics or matrix around here, mm-hmm. y- you know that they are not stable. Correct. But they have a crypto wallet. <laughs> They're day trading. So th- th- this, this segment is not about crypto. What it is, is when people aren't stable, and they, they look to use their economic resources from an opportunistic standpoint, their, their instability gets worse, not better, but they think it will get better. They try to shortcut the process. Does
1: that resonate? Yeah, um, I, I think you could also look at that as um, opportunity also presents itself uh, clothed as hope and distraction. Uh, totally it's it's easy for someone who uh, could recognize the situation they're in who knows that work needs to be done and they get drugged down by it it may seem insurmountable whatever situation they're facing whatever hole they perceive they need to dig themselves out of but there's something else out there that, that says i can help you do this faster or i can help you um forget about the stresses that you've got right now and it is very natural for so many of us to, to look for that relief, uh, to, to uh, give ourselves a, a boost of confidence, whether it's artificial or not, to make sure that we're getting out of the situation that we find ourselves in. So um, opportunity, yes, but I, I think it goes beyond um, just that word itself. And you can get to the root of what that opportunity really uh, provides to the individual. I think you're right about distraction.
0: I think when you know if you are in, let's say, paying off student loans for 5 to 10 years, like Brittany ex- expresses here on Facebook Live as we broadcast live on Fridays at 10 a.m. Eastern. Uh, Dame, if you're in this window, 5 to 10 years where you're just doing the same thing, you're not struggling, you don't have all the stability you need, you want to be distracted. Mm-hmm. You, you want to care about something else, which is natural. I I would hope's an interesting word though to this too, because and I'm just making a hypothesis here. I, I think hope often crosses someone over from struggling after stress jump starts their journey. Hope is what bridges it to the degree of some stability. I, I think hope is so important to transition from struggling to. Not struggling, but not stable. And then I also think that on the top end of the second category, before you get to stable, hope also comes into play there. I don't think, and this is my opinion, I don't think hope resides uh, significantly within the second group for a very long time. I, I just don't.
1: That uh, they they don't see it. That they don't. Uh, um... It doesn't motivate them.
0: Like I don't think there's people in the middle group who who aren't struggling but don't have stability
1: who wake up every day um, driven by hope. No, I I think that's why when you use the word opportunity, I think that's one of the things that they attach to that is that here's an opportunity, here's some hope for me to move on to that next. And that's why it could be a little bit distracting because they're just uh, they're trying to um, get off the treadmill of doing what they know might be uh, able to change their situation long term. But uh, they see something else and they see that opportunity as hope to get to that next level quicker. So here's what we're gonna do.
0: Coming up after the break, I, I want to talk about why we're talking about this, and the point is to get stability so you can be driven by opportunity. That's what we all want. We want to make decisions on opportunity alone, and the way you do that is via stability. That's all next right here on the Pete the Planner Show. I'm Pete the Planner. I mean, I, I buy this. I I, 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 it needs developed, right? I'm just being honest, right? It needs developed, but there's something here. And I, you're, the
1: hope thing is super interesting. You're, uh, everybody on the podcast, you're listening to us workshop an idea right now. Dane, we took,
0: um, I wouldn't call them personality tests. What would you call those? Personality tests. Okay. So we took personality tests uh, as an organization, but they're professional personality tests? Yeah, it kind of gives you insight to your traits and preferences. And, and what are those things that people talk about? Enneagrams? They're not that, but no. it's like that, yeah. right? Yeah. I don't have any interest. Anyway, so these things were good. And I felt they were, speaking for myself, uh, I felt it assessed me quite accurately. And I feel like it more or less assessed you quite accurately. Do you agree with that?
1: Yeah, it was, uh, you know, um, 75,
0: 80% right. Rick just noted he hates those things. Same, Rick. I mean, I I typically hate those things, but I will find, I will note they were very practical as to how we were using them. It was a pragmatic exercise. Mm -hmm. Uh, Here's why I bring this up. Dame just said I was, you're watching me workshop something. I think out loud. I think out loud. You do not like to be put in a position when you're forced to think out loud.
1: Can everyone imagine how difficult this show is for me at this point? (laughs) So,
0: Dame, I presented live in person yesterday for one of our clients, four different sessions, Mm -hmm. 30 minutes each. My entire presentation was more or less this topic. And so I had not really even thought of. I wrote one tweet earlier this week about this. So the first group, I workshopped it. The second group got better. The third group and then the fourth group. And like, that's how I have to work. Like, for me to go in there and be like, okay, if with budgeting, 25%, like, I don't care to do that. Um, I have to think out loud. I generally have to think out loud with incredibly high stakes and the fear of absolute failure. Did you do any crowd work when you did stand-up? Um, no, but there's a different reason. I, I, w- I would love to, and I think crowd work uh, is easy, Um. But the reason I didn't do it because it felt cheap and that's uh, that's insulting for uh, actual comedians to hear me say that who love to do crowd work. It just feels cheap. It's The same reason I didn't use profanity on stage. It just feels cheap. It's like, uh, I mean, what do you do for a living, sir? Oh, I'm a truck driver. Oh, 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 oh.
1: They're just like, okay, <laughs> I, I get it. Thank you. It just seemed like that might have been a natural fit for someone with your personality type to build, have that interaction try and work things out on the fly. It
0: does, but I uh, – no, I, I get that. I love the – it's too easy, though. As a former improv comic prior to being a stand-up comic, like making something up on the fly is, it, uh, is good. It's just not high enough stakes to do crowd work. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where we're here. I I, I want to note an a, a addendum to a thing we talked about a couple weeks ago. Crackers downtown Indianapolis was yes. closing. Yes. They are now not closing. What? I don't know. That's <laughs> Crackers. No, I don't. They apparently worked it out with their landlord after the news
1: press release about them closing. Is it? Oh. So same name? Not, not, not like marshmallows or something now?
0: You should do some crowd work. No. Dame, like, I, I, this is a pointless question I'm about to ask you. Tell me about what you would be thinking. Like, if, like, you literally had to get on a stage and do a six minute improv set or just be funny, like, tell me about what you're going through. Uh, Death at that
1: point. I, I would have to prepare a week for six minutes. I, well, that's true. I mean, it is six minutes hard. I, 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 I'm curious. Do you get energy from people laughing at you? Yeah, I, I. If I knew I had a tight six minutes that was reasonably funny, and I could at least get a couple chuckles, I, I think I could do it. Do you ever feel like you get a
0: room, or you get, um, you're reading the room, people are responding to you, so you put more energy into their response, and it builds into hilarity. I mean.
1: You feel like that's a, a thing for you? Yeah, sure. Oh, I mean, I don't know about hilarity. That might be a little strong.
0: It was a bit strong. Yeah, uh,
1: but uh, that that give and take with a with a uh, a group of people or an audience or a crowd, whatever you want to call it, and yeah, I, mean, I think it's natural for a presenter to or comedian or whoever just to feed off of the energy that they're getting back.
0: Damn, I have to present at a school board meeting here in a couple of weeks. It's gonna be a tough crowd. Um, no, I present about the work we're doing for that organization. But oh. you know, given how school board meetings are these days, um, I do have I don't have nerves about presenting. I don't really like talk about it all day. I do have nerves about the other vibe of what's going on there because I have no interest in any of that. You going to walk in with security? I should. I need to bring in someone that knows how to handle themselves in hand-to-hand combat. What are you doing on the 15th? Uh, getting my bowling ball re-drilled. Is that a thing? It, so, like, <laughs> I would just want to know, like, are the are, there, are we just in for a whole episode of really good dame jokes? Is that where I, we're at? No, I, I don't think I've had a good one yet. Okay. But you're going to keep trying jokes, is what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, the only person I know that doesn't like them is you. When I don't laugh at your jokes, um, does that hurt you? No, no, no. How about when I just ignore them?
1: Um, ignoring is interesting because I'm not sure if you just didn't catch it because I, I know that's happened before, but that's 50,
0: uh, 50 usually, yeah. right? Like I'm just, mind's going too fast and I miss it or I hear it and it's just, I don't want to reward you.
1: Yeah, that's fine. I understand.
0: Uh, Mary Lou notes that you're, you're busy cause you'll be washing your hair. Yeah, that's a good one. Ted loves making fun of my baldness. I mean, just, Oh my gosh. And he thinks it is so funny and clever. I don't get mad. I don't really care. Cause I, I lean in that it hurts, you know, yeah, Right? but he thinks it's the funniest thing in the world. Like <laughs> he'll, he'll be combing his hair for uh, school in the morning. And I'll walk in the bathroom. I'm like, Hey buddy, have a good day. And he's like jealous.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man. Okay. Um, Let's pick up where we left off. I don't even know where that was. Mm, three, two, same thing. Three, two, one. Back on the Pete, the planner show. Dame, are you burning any incense? Cause it is getting pretty, uh, uh, philosophical here on the show this week. Oh, I thought you were going to say it was something else. Oh, I don't know. Uh, Dame, we were talking about before the break, there are three groups of people in America as it relates to money. There are people who are struggling, there are people who are not struggling, but they're not stable, and there are people who are stable. Uh, And what we were noting before the break is that people who are struggling are often initially motivated by stress until they get to the point of which they're not struggling, and then something else has to take over. Our hope is that people who are um, in the middle group, right, people who are not struggling but not stable, our hope is that they make decisions based on reality. And sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Stress still exists. Uh, But what I have found in my six days of study of this topic, anecdotally, is that people often get distracted in this middle group and they're seeking opportunity. They'll get distracted by exchanging money for time to purchase convenience And that is not reality. Like, if you have more time than money and you're exchanging money for time, that's not reading reality. That is seeking opportunity that doesn't exist. So, Dame, once someone becomes stable, though, which is all we want, opportunity is brilliantly the guide. And that feels good, yeah? Yay. Yay. Yeah, all, I, I, all I get
1: to, I'm going to take a drink of coffee, and I, I, the yay was a question mark. You were rolling. I thought you were just going to keep right on going with it. No, opportunity is fantastic. Coffee. It allows you to <laughs> uh, take advantage of whatever comes across your path, and you can make sometimes huge changes in your uh, your life, whether it adds to your stability, whether it uh, uh, provides you an opportunity to uh, build wealth faster or you know, just take chances. So stability... Fantastic. I have another example
0: of the middle group where they rely on they they've, they're, they're
1: oh it's opportunity,
0: but reality is what's suffering. Okay, so this one I think is a better example than crypto, although I like the crypto example too. Let's say you're attractive, Dame. So just everyone. I'm attractive. Okay. Well, I'm just saying like people have to visualize that if in some bizarro universe. You said let's say. Okay. Uh, oh, I forgot the jokes extended beyond the <laughs> the commercial breaks. Yeah. Uh, Dame, let's say that you are um you're in your 30s, okay? And you uh, are not a homeowner. And you keep noting that homes are going fast. I got to become a homeowner. And you realize that you could become a homeowner for the exact same payment of what you're paying for rent, okay? Mm-hmm. so the, So far, I've just identified reality. But now you're like, there's an opportunity here. Unfortunately, here's the rest of the reality. You you wipe out all of your savings. You go cash poor as the down payment for the home. And then, so now you enter this starter home that has starter materials and products within the home because that's the price of the home you can afford. And you don't have the means to maintain and repair that home. That is a perfect example of someone who is not struggling. I mean, they get approved for a home loan, but they're not really stable, but the bank doesn't necessarily care. And you use the resources and and the reality you have and you blow right through it because you're distracted by the opportunity, thus you ignore
1: the reality. That's a better example. You know what compounds this problem? Oh, yes, please do. When someone you know and love is encouraging you to take that opportunity. We just had a, a email come in this week. Very, very similar situation. Fresh college graduate, mom wrote us a, an email asking uh, if we thought uh, if we had any comments on her potentially buying a house. Uh, she hasn't even graduated yet; she'll graduate this spring. And uh, what were our thoughts? And our condition and our response was whatever it was. But uh, you got the idea and the impression in that email that mom had a point of view that was probably going to conflict with our answer, and. Uh, It was uh, an interesting response. This is actually one of my favorite topics. I don't think we've talked about this in
0: a while. Do you know my favorite, least favorite thing? (laughs) (laughs) No, I do not know what your favorite, least favorite thing is. Here it is. Here it is. Um, This happened a lot in the late 90s and early 2000s. This still probably happens today. I just don't see it as much because your team would be seeing these things. I wouldn't because i am just not on the front lines. Uh, the, the parents gifting the down payment money mm-hmm. to young adults to trick the system to prove housing affordability. It's like, well, um, we pay 1200 for rent, but if we had a down payment, we could, well, we don't want you to, Waste your money on rent. We'll give you the $12,000 as a down payment, but the people still don't have savings. And more importantly, Dame, and this is where people get angry because it's true, they haven't proven their ability to create margin and savings because half the glory of saving for a down payment is learning what it takes. To do it because once you're in that place, you're going to have to consistently create margin
1: so you can repair and maintain the place you couldn't afford anyway. Yeah, nobody seems to mention that in the brochures about homeownership when you're getting all excited about moving out of your apartment and moving into your own place.
0: So that's why it's my favorite, least favorite thing. It's great. Dame, the gross domestic product accelerated at a 6.9 annualized pace in the fourth quarter, well ahead of the 5.5 estimate consumer activity and business spending led the gains, which propelled the U.S. economy to its strongest full year since 1984. Is that the George L. Orwell book? Yes. 1984. Who wrote Animal Farm? Gosh darn it. I mean, I feel like Animal Farm and um, George Orwell wrote Animal Farm. Who we wrote in nineteen eighty four? See, now I'm distracted. George <laughs> Orwell. He wrote both. Perfect. Anyway, back to the financial show. Jobless claims remained elevated at two hundred sixty thousand, uh, while orders for long-lasting goods hit their lowest point since April twenty twenty, signaling end of year slowdown. Dame, is this the sign that everything's fine? No. <laughs> no 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 I mean it's a byproduct of what we all knew a bunch of artificial income pumped into the economy pent up consumer demand was working itself out the supply chain's still a wreck um I
1: just wait until you see the first quarter of 2022 before you get excited yeah it, we're gonna have some drastically different numbers this year and not because things are so much worse than they were last year but we're comparing two similar years at this point. And uh, we're going to have some much smaller numbers. I would like to make a bold prediction. It's time. We, we you know, we need
0: music when oh, you get ready um, to make bold. Sometimes when you're old, it's time to get bold. Predictions. How's that? Did you just come up with that? Yeah. Here's my bold prediction. I think Q2 is going to be a dumpster fire from an economic standpoint and the reason why but but i need a i need a uh, there's a caveat here if student loan payments get pushed back the need to make those repayments gets pushed back into out out of the second quarter because right now they're scheduled to come back in may Uh, then I want to change that to third quarter will stink. I think the economy is going to shrink when 86% of Americans who are not making student loan payments have to start making student loan payments again.
1: Well, this goes back to a topic that we previously discussed about the possibility of student loan payments actually happening on May 1st in an election year, and it's not going to happen. I think... Can we
0: not talk politics, but also talk about the financial ramifications of politics for a second? I think... I don't want to. I don't want to use loaded words like failed agenda because that feels incredibly loaded. Whether it's true or not, I mean, I'll let someone else debate that. I think perceived failures of an agenda Mm -hmm. will lead to uh, uh, actions which will feel more like wins, such as. I said, you have an example. Pushing student loan repayment out of May into like January of 2023. Ah, Yeah, I could see that. Coming up after the break, biggest waste of money of the week and more current events. I'm Pete the Planner. This is the Pete the Planner radio program. I don't know why I did that. I don't know. I'm sorry. I, I... Still, I'm not convinced student loans get forgiven. I get that question a lot. You get that question a lot. A guy asked me yesterday, he's like, do you think it's worth adjusting my strategy on the belief that student loans will be forgiven in mass?" And I said, no, I do not believe so. No, I don't think they will. I do think there's going to be actions that lead to the desire for a perceived victory with the administration absolutely it's coming i just don't know it, it, a student loan thing could definitely be one thing right mm-hmm. um in in all fairness I'm, I'm, I'm in all fairness i i think you naturally do get a win by uh, appointing a supreme court justice i mean that always feels like a win right, right? Sure. yeah so but then is it going to be student loan forgiveness is it pushing the student loans back is it another round of stimulus is it the, the child tax credit thing gets happened? Like something's got to happen, and I just don't know what it is.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they what they come up with because they desperately need some positive mojo. Uh, and here's me. the thing: I did say perceived positive
0: mojo to your word, but I think there is utility in it, right? I mean, like the child care tax credit. There's some negative aspects to it, but I think, I, in in my opinion, uninformed opinion, unexpert opinion. I think it has more good than bad. So even if the, if that ends up happening again, it is both perceived as good and arguably good.
1: Sure. Uh, I think it, <laughs> uh, yes. I, I will say there will be a lot of good that comes out of that. Uh, you just have to weigh it versus the long-term costs because nobody seems to want to stop spending money in Washington. I'm not saying that we uh, shouldn't do that, but we need to be a little bit more conscious with where. We're spending cash.
0: And I but. do realize that it's a more targeted form of stimulus, slightly more targeted form of stimulus than just broad stimulus. I think I would be against bro- another round of broad stimulus at this point. I would too. Yeah, I mean, you just got to... And I, I, yeah, I don't know. But we're not going to talk politics. I don't think we are. I think we're talking economics. Politics. Are we talking politics? No, it's policy. Where does it... Policy, yeah. Where does it cross over of like... When do you start – like hot takes, I think, become part of that. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, I've got a, a great use of money this week as opposed to a waste of money. I love these. I love great uses. I, I saw this this morning when I was in here at the office and this coffee was fuller. I'm, this is my first cup of coffee. I'm still getting it. I don't know what's going on. Um, I was like I instantly wanted this. But the weird thing is – I don't have the problem that it solves. (laughs) It's a huge problem solver for a lot of people. I don't possess that particular problem, so I don't need it solved. But it's so smart that I was like, maybe I need to create that problem
1: so I can get this to solve. Could you buy it just to buy it and then gift it to somebody who has that problem? I do. My brother-in-law has this problem. Man, I'm really excited to see what this solves. It's not a pill. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> like
0: a... Anyway. No, I don't, Pete. Do you want to explain? All right. Three, two, one. This week's biggest waste of money of the week right here on the Pete the Planner show is the AirTag Wallet. That's right. The AirTag Wallet. minimalist AirTag Wallet. Our premium minimalist leather wallet has been designed to fully support Apple AirTag. It is the solution for those who tend to lose their important belongings more than others. Just let your phone, uh, just use your phone to ring your stuff or see where you had it on a map. So Dame, it's like the classic, you know, like my wallet I got in my pocket. This is not helpful for the radio audience. And by the way, why am I showing my wallet? Because there's a <laughs> wallet on the screen. Um, it's just a a good small-sized wallet, but it's got an integrated slot mm-hmm. for the AirTag.
1: I think that's brilliant. Do you? Yeah, I think it's a natural use for that product that Apple created, and I think it's going to find its way into a, dozens of other everyday products that are commonly misplaced.
0: Yeah, Rick on Facebook just notes that they need to come out with one of these things for tape measures. Tape measures, ten millimeter sockets, all sorts of stuff. Don't start talking, man. Talk ten millimeter sockets. I well, I had to Google that later. It's thirty nine ninety five. The minimalist I AirTag wallet. Does it come with the the AirTag too? Um, that's a great question. I don't believe so. I don't believe so. Hmm. Um, I'm looking now. I don't think so, Dame. Um, I I went to the hardware store four times on Saturday. It's about average. So here's, can I, can I explain what I was dealing with? Please. So our toilet, uh, it's a Mansfield 210. Our toilet, the tank on it, the, uh, the, the uh, flush valve, not the flush valve. There's two valves. There's the flush valve and then there's the, what are the two valves? Anyway, something broke. And I know how to fix it because I grew up in a plumbing family. I just, oddly enough, don't remember what anything's called. <laughs> so I went to the hardware store to find what I needed, and they didn't have it. Okay? <laughs> so then I went home, and I was like, oh, I'll putz with it a different way. So I went to putz with it a different way. Needless to say, I ended up two other hardware stores, and then I got back, and I, I was there, and I was doing it. It was working. And I went to take off a bolt that was completely corroded. I, didn't, I I had to get some WD-40. It didn't work. And so then I had to go buy a Sawzall and just cut the bolt. And then I repaired the toilet. And then I had to go to CVS and get a bandages because I cut my hand. <laughs> that was my weekend. Did you really buy a Sawzall? It was a fill valve. Thank you, Rick. I did buy a Sawzall. I I'd never had one, and I bought one. And I was a, a reciprocating saw. And then I had to explain to Mrs. Planner what a Sawzall was. And she was like, you mean like Saul's All Things? And I was like, yeah, but it's Saul's All, yeah. which is a Milwaukee brand, brand name. But yeah. I, I didn't buy a – I bought a uh, – right. Yeah.
1: what's the green one? Ryobi? Uh, yes. yes. Dame, what's in the news this week? Nearly one-third of undergraduates borrow money from the federal government to pay for college. That's about 43 million Americans who owe a staggering total of nearly – $1.6 to $1.7 trillion in outstanding student loans. A new survey found that 54% of federal student loan borrowers said taking on that debt was not worth it. Overall, Ooh. however, 44% said taking on the debt was worth it, according to the CNBC Acorns Invest in You Student Loans survey done in partnership with Momentive. That's right, three people involved, or three organizations involved in that. Uh, yet millennials and Gen Xers, are far more skeptical. Some 63% of respondents aged 35 to 44, considering their current situation, said it was not worth taking out federal student loans. Can I be condescending
0: for a moment? Sure. You know, anytime I hear surveys like this, where someone has asked an opinion to self-evaluate their, you know, their being within a financial scenario, like retirement confidence, for instance. I always get caught up in the fact that the person while it is their perspective often it is a very uninformed perspective and so the, the, the and I know you have to account for that. I mean that's the whole point it is a self but I when I hear this I'm thinking okay so 54% says it's a way, say it's waste 44% say it's not my head immediately goes to well of those two populations who has misdiagnosed their own situation the most. Do you think people uh, are too critical of the money to spend on college? Or do you think people are not critical enough? So I put that to you, Dame, who is actually
1: missing it? Which population? Um, I'd probably go with the lukewarm and say, there's gotta be plenty of both in, in each camp, but it's interesting to see how uh, the perspective seems to be changing a little bit saying, it wasn't worth it taking out all these money, all this money on on loans for me to go to college when maybe it didn't pay off like I thought it was, maybe I'm not even doing anything related to my college degree. Uh, when for years and years it's been a lot of well, you gotta go to college, you gotta go to college. And now it seems like we might be having a, a little bit of a change in perspective around the country.
0: Maybe your rap name should be Switzerland. Yeah,
1: maybe. What else is in the news? After a few months of delay, the Federal Reserve released its study on if the U.S. should create a central bank digital currency, a CBDC. And for now, the answer is, you know, that cute little shrug emoji that's like, yeah, it's that, it's that one. Uh, The central bank wrote that it takes no position on the ultimate desirability of a digital dollar. Pete, this is becoming uh, something that lots and lots of countries are looking into, I think 87 countries have a central bank digital currency
0: here's what i recommend i'm by no means an expert in this by the way let's let some
1: other country do it see how it goes uh, they have uh nigeria uh launched one in october of 2020 which sounds like it's a big scam doesn't it oh no because you always get that uh email uh, sure. saying how's it going do we know well three weeks after the Inaria's debut. The country of 211 million reported that 480,000 people had downloaded the consumer wallet needed to use the digital currency, and 62 million Naria, which sounds a lot, but that's only about 150 grand in U.S. dollars, had been transacted. Yeah, so that's some data,
0: but I mean, do you think it? Well, you're not an expert at this either? I feel like we got it's a wait and see
1: on those. Yeah, I, somebody's gonna have to make the use case for it. Just like this is we should make the distinction these are not crypto assets these are basically digital dollars that we're talking about yeah so
0: it's not there there's no paper money to back it correct
1: yeah interesting what else is in the news ford is cutting off customer orders for its new maverick pickup truck ford said it's maxed out on what it can build uh, for the lower cost pickup that starts around $20,000 and is already straining to fill a backlog the unusual suspension of orders is a sign that American shoppers are hungry for more affordable options as prices for new cars and trucks hit records and availability remains constrained. Ford told us dealers it will resume taking orders for the 2023 Maverick in the summer. You know the most
0: shocking thing about you? What? Please, tell You don't have a pickup truck.
1: Yeah, I do. Oh.
0: You know what's shocking about me? Because I didn't realize you had a pickup truck. How come I've never seen you drive your pickup truck? I don't drive it. It's kind
1: of. I put a plow on it. It's a work truck. Okay. Now, well, that there, I feel. I feel validated. It, it rarely leaves the county I live in.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I didn't know you had a truck, but I was shocked by the idea that there was a possibility you didn't. But now that I know you do, I feel validated. Pete, I've got two trailers. Well, I don't. I don't. I don't know where you live, buddy. I. Okay. Uh, so, Dame. This week on the show, we talked about ETFs, taxation. We talked about qualified assets, non-qualified assets. Then I went and I waxed poetic, uh, like I was in my Hanover College mm. required philosophy course, in which I also did poorly. And then we talked about the economy and what we think is going to happen going forward. Then we just we pittered around uh, around <laughs> current events and uh, air tag. quite the successful program this week. I think it'll be very highly rated. Oh, please, no one rate this. And if you do, just make it good. Um, and don't leave comments unless they're good. Uh, if you want to email us and have us do things to you, ask, like, finding, answer your financial questions. Ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. That's Ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. Thanks, Dame, for your contributions, primarily the humor you injected into the program this week. Hey, you're welcome. Everyone else, I'm sending good vibes because good vibes are all that's in the budget. I'm Pete The Planner. This is the PTP Show.
1: You really, you really didn't think I had a pickup truck? I, well, I was shocked you didn't.
0: When, like, to be fair, a we've never talked about this. It's true. B I've never been to your house. C mm-hmm. you've never driven it around me. It's true. I've seen two of your vehicles. I've seen that your 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 car that you drive, and I see you guys your family car. I I don't have that car anymore uh the boss uh your boss again oddly enough, feels like my boss uh says uh clearly you have a truck clearly we have a truck clearly well, I know it clearly, but like I didn't I had no visual. do you think I own a pickup truck no why why do you say it like that H-O-A- I do tough H- things HOA
1: probably doesn't allow pickup trucks in your
0: neighborhood ooh your boss says you have an unreasonable number of vehicles. Wait, you have more than three
1: I'm yes technically yes but one... okay let's hear about it big oh, no. mr one money has, Bags. one hasn't seen the road in
0: years are you working on it yeah do you lay on your back and
1: slide under it and have a rag and come out and be like I to get no i've got a lift in my barn that takes it off the ground so i don't have to get on my back to do that <laughs> rick says you have three corvettes <laughs> just rick i have one that's the one that's getting worked on i'm turning oh. it into a go-kart what yeah um,
0: I mentally I have a pickup truck. Like I just drive around in it and
1: like put firewood in it, a rick or a cord. We we need to get you at a, a real go kart track and just let you have fun. I have on hiking boots today. Do you? <laughs> they're not fashion boots.
0: They're hiking boots. I love that I just said <laughs> I possess fashion boots. I gotta go. This <laughs> sucks. <laughs> I got to get out of here. Um, I'm sorry. I I have
1: very important things to do. I got to go. Yeah. Uh, Rick, yes. Uh, Cletus style, but without the $25,000 motor in the front. Hey, everybody. Stay getting money.